Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. Hello, friends. It's a delight to be with you today. As president of the Samuel Bronfman Foundation, Adam R. Bronfman is committed to furthering Edgar M. Bronfman's vision of inspiring a vibrant and joyful Jewish future by working to build a knowledgeable, proud, and welcoming community. As a member of Hillel's International Board of Governors, Adam has visited numerous Hillel's in North America. He has been a catalyst behind the growth of Hillel's internationally. His new film is called The Khan, which is an in-depth investigation into the 2008 financial crisis, nine years in the making. Adam, who I know personally, is a moral visionary, an activist and change maker, and a thought leader who only asks big, hard questions for us to grapple with. And so I'm delighted to have this chance to talk with you about this, uh, this film. Thank you for taking time. Thank you, Shmuley. It's great to be here with you, always. So um, why did you take this on? I mean, what a huge undertaking to produce a film like this, um, something um, that, many, that few are talking about or have thought about in depth. Why did you take this on? Well, I, um, I originally took this on because, and this is a very long uh, project in the making, this is the better part of a decade. And it just seemed that America was going in the wrong direction. And that ultimately a nation that was supposed to be of, by, and for the people um, that um, allowed anybody to have value. And that really, the, that was the American dream as I saw it, was that any of us could have value in, in our country, that we were, we were being left out and that corporate America and particularly the banks were taking over. And I felt that um, as we understood the gravity of the situation and, and how impactful the 2008 financial crisis was and that the information we were hearing about it was actually wrong, that we should tell the truth, that we needed to hear the truth. And, and along the journey, we found out that that the, the idea that people were really not overwhelmingly harmed was not true, that, that the harm done to um, particularly the weakest Americans, the people at the bottom of the economic scale, anywhere from sort of like the, 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 the bottom half, they're just decimated. And, and they are still being brutalized by the truth that, that has come out that is the, the American economic system at this point. And so ultimately I stuck with it uh, because um, nobody else seemed to want to do it. The three of us, um, Eric Vaughn and Patrick Lovell and I decided this is a valuable story. We really, really believe that people want to hear it and the truth needs to come out. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So 
when you wanted to put the truth out, what was it that you were hoping or are continuing to hope to achieve with that? Where, where do you think um, we go from here? Well, you know, I, um, I, I don't know. I, ultimately, I, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'm an executive producer, and my hope is that uh, I can bring information to people that they don't have. And I can put it out there in a way, this is a relatively complicated subject. Um, when, to understand how someone who has been the victim of predatory lending is connected to uh, a, a sales um, associate at an investment bank who's selling to a pension fund, how, where's that connection? Right? We make that very clear, that, that the entire financial system is connected and that, that the predation, the illegal activity that's happening when someone knocks on your door and sells you a loan and, and cheats you out of the value of your home ultimately, how that's connected to every other aspect of the financial system and ends up hurting people on the other side um, of investments, the investors. Um, it's complicated. We make it we make it relatively simple to understand, and we make it relatively simple to understand how uh, the federal government has um, ultimately become a client of uh, big business, and um, most importantly, the banks, and that they're standing by and letting this happen. And it's costing all of us. It's costing all of us. And I think everybody needs to know that this wasn't just a um, an anomaly that happened that could be explained in the movie, The Big Short. And, and not that the information there is untrue, it is true, but the reality is that it wasn't just something where a few people could see the anomaly happening and make a lot of money off of it. There was an economic collapse and it was caused by the banks. And that economic collapse hurt all Americans. It hurt the people who were being um, who are losing their homes, the people who are losing their pensions, and all of us who pay taxes, because we ended up, we ended up shoveling out $29 trillion, $29 trillion to save the banks and the American economic system because of this criminal activity. People should know that, truly. People should know what really happened. Yeah. And to say that, as we've heard from our government and from um, the, the, the newsmakers on CNBC and the other financial news that this was unethical but not illegal, that's just not true. We know it's not true. We show it's not true in the comments. Yeah. Well, okay, let me ask you a, a, a question below the surface, a deeper question. Why do you think such corruption exists? Do you think this is um, greed is essential to the human condition? to human nature. I mean, do you think this is an anomaly in human history, what we're seeing here? It's just the scale was that much bigger and the, and the deception was, was that much more hidden? Or do you think this is fundamental to the, to, the, to the human story? I think it's fundamental to the human story. I think absolutely that, that, that greed and, and predation is um, a, a knee-jerk reaction. When we can amass power and wealth, there are people who will do that and there are many people who do that um, with no regard to moral or ethical or legal boundaries. And that's why we have systems. That's why we have religious systems. That's why we have moral systems. That's why we have ethical systems. 
that undergird our, uh, our governmental systems. Your government isn't supposed to be something that's just arbitrary. It's supposed to, it's supposed to protect the goodness and the value of society. And, and, and ultimately, I think that, you know, really, we, you and I have spent so much time talking about this from a Jewish perspective, that, that, that Judaism and, and in many ways, um, all these systems say we need to protect against the evil impulses, the impulses of greed and predation that exist in the world. And when people violate those norms, um, they're either, they either need to be dealt with um, in, a, in a moral way or sometimes in a criminal way. When it, when it crosses the line to criminality, we need to say, no, you may not do that, and that the people in our society have value, and that, and that treating people in a moral, ethical way is required. And if you don't, we're going to put you outside the confines of our society. So, you know, picking up on that, as maybe a last question here, you know, it, it, this is a Jewish film. This is a Jewish film. It should be shown in Jewish film festivals and JCCs at federations and synagogues. It's not a Jewish film in that they're, they're studying Talmud and eating matzo balls, right? But it's a Jewish film in that the prophets and the sages were obsessed with economic justice. The prophets and sages were obsessed with truth-telling. They were obsessed with what mattered most, and that was corruption and greed and Gatesahara, the evil inclination overtaking the human spirit, where people lose their sense of empathy, they lose their sense of compassion, they lose their sense of justice. So this is a Jewish film. And I wonder, like, what in your own Jewish value system, because I know it's so rich for you, what in your own Jewish value system kind of, um, you know, inspires you to do such work to, of truth-telling? When I, I grew up in a home where um, the the we didn't we didn't I was not brought up in a home that had a lot of Jewish ritual as its basis. Um, my father in in the seventies and eighties, my my father was going through his own rebellion, and he and his work was in um, Jewish leadership, but not necessarily Jewish ritual. And what he said to me was. Your job as a human being is to leave this world a little bit better than you found it. And, um, you know, I don't have the ability, I don't have the financial ability to go and right these wrongs. Um, we see so much um, in, in the world that needs fixing. We see, we see so much repair that is needed. And ultimately what I realized that is that I can have a message I can tell the truth and I can show where right is in terms of this particular relatively small but society-wide problem. And I can, I can have people who understand how, how legal systems of banking and finance is supposed to work. And when it doesn't work, what, what happens to society? And that people are decimated. And, and ultimately, the Jewish value, right, is ultimately, when, when we look at it, is that we need to have a working society and that, that does not victimize people because people are holy. People are more important than just their financial net worth. I, I think it is a, one of the reasons why I think that the Jewish sages were obsessed with, with these equitable norms of, of doing business and financial 
um, norma norms that have to be dealt with is so that when they're in their correct place, we can rise above that and be wonderful people. And we can be fathers and mothers and stewards and of the, of the community. And, um, uh, uh, and if we don't, then we got sucked into this monetized um, uh, value system that, that really is outside the norms. So, you know, the idea that we can have a messaging that is based on Jewish values that explains what's going wrong, um, to me, is, is, will help people to understand what needs to happen, which is we need to have an equitable moral system. And, and hopefully that will help people realize that there's, there's a better world out there. And if I can, if I can message that, and, and bring this truth to tens of millions of people, I will have done more than, than, than feeding a hundred. Yes, you know, like I, I go to the food bank. I, I, I go, I, you know, down to and help um, give water and food to, to people on Skid Row, right? But I feel so, um, um, I feel like the problem is so far beyond anything I can personally do. Yeah. This is something where I can have an impact. Mm -hmm. and. Um, and to be honest, if you know, going to the con.tv, watching our series, recommending it to your friends, um, um, posting it on Facebook allows people to see the truth. Because the fact of the matter is that teachers and widows and carpenters and civil servants did not pull a fast one on the most sophisticated financial minds in the history of man. Realize that, that the people who took down our system are MBAs from Harvard and Stanford and Yale and the University of Chicago. These are the smartest financial minds in the history of this world. They weren't duped by the average American citizen. They were not. And, and the fact that that's the message that was brought to us is, is truly vile. Yeah. It's truly vile to think that Addie Polk, an African-American woman in, in Akron, Ohio, pulled a fast one on Countrywide. It's just not true. The reality is that she was a victim of predatory uh, lending and that um, she, she decided to commit suicide rather than be thrown out of a house that she actually owned outright. And it's really sad. Friends, one of the top three ways I speak about of Jewish learning is our ability to slow down and reflect on the past past crises on a personal level, on a communal level, on a, on a national and a global level, in order that we cannot not uh, replicate and relive such crises in the future, that we can learn from those. Whether we're talking about the, 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 the temple being destroyed in exile 2000 years ago, and we think about that, whether we think about the Holocaust and genocide of 70 years ago or, and more, whether we think about any of these crises we've had in our personal lives, to be able to slow down and reflect on past crises so that we can create a more just and equitable world for the future. We don't have the answers necessarily, at least I don't, as to how we're going to get to the more just future, but we need to slow down and understand the history of what has happened. The Khan is a part of that Jewish learning process. To understand only 12 years ago, the 2008 crisis, financial crisis, understand what happened, how people were duped, the levels of abuse and corruption and greed that are a problem, and just on the simple level of understanding it, hearing the story and understanding the facts. That is a part of Jewish learning because that's what we're here to do, to make sure crises like these do not happen again. 
And so Adam Bronfman, we're, we're in debt to you for producing this. And friends, we hope you um, will, if you get anything from this interview, watch the film, watch the film. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. thank you so much.